Can people change? In this episode, I'm going to be sharing my thoughts and my answer might surprise you. Hey there, you're listening to the Choosing to Heal podcast, where we ditch the small talk for real deep conversations about all that life has to offer. I'm your host, Monica Lee, and my goal is to share insights and tangible tips to help you maximize your potential and live a life full of intention and purpose. From mental, emotional, and physical wellness to relationships, faith, and business, the goal is always the same. We're choosing to heal, grow, and thrive each day. So grab a cup of coffee, get comfy, and let's chat. Hey friend, before we dive into the episode, I just wanted to quickly apologize in advance for the audio quality. It isn't the greatest. However, I did get a new microphone, so this will be the last of the subbar audio, hopefully, but the content is still really good. I hope that despite that, you still enjoy it. Thank you for having grace and patience with me while I figure out this whole podcast thing. So before I answer the question, can people change? I want to first explore why you were asking this question to begin with. Do you want them to change for their own benefit or for yours? Why do you want them to change? Do you think your life would be better if this person changed? In what way would it be better? How do you think your life would improve? And most importantly, what would it mean to you if they changed? Like, why does it feel so important to you? Are you holding your breath, thinking your life will be better or you'll be happier or you'll finally feel fulfilled in your relationship if they change? So while you chew on those questions, I'm going to share a personal story with you. When I was married, I'm not anymore, but when I was, I had a laundry list of things that I wanted to change about my husband. I wish he would stop playing video games. I wish he would stop watching porn. I wish he would pay more attention to me. I wish he read my mind and could anticipate my needs and knew how I felt. And based on how I felt, I wish he knew how to come to me and make me feel better. I wish he had better communication skills. I wish he liked the same things as me. And the list goes on and on, but barely scratches the surface. (laughs) And maybe you can relate to my list. Maybe you have your own list. We spent a lot of time in therapy. And for many years, my motivation for going to couples therapy was simple. He needed to change. He had a lot of work to do. He needed to finally see the light so he could start being the man that I wanted him to be. And then you had betrayal onto the mix. And then it was obvious. Clearly, he's the problem. He's the one that needs to change. He needs to be fixed. And he was the reason why I was so miserable and our relationship sucked so badly. So I'm going to pivot for a second here. And this question might shock you or kind of throw you off your rocker. Have you ever paused to consider what you need to change? And maybe you're like, no, Monica, you don't understand. Look, he blah, 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 blah. Trust me, I do understand. I know exactly what you mean. And you and I probably have a very similar list of all of the reasons why they need to change. But here's what I know for sure. If you spend your life waiting for someone to change, you're never truly going to get what it is you think you want. You're never going to be happy even if they do change. And that's because you're still operating under the belief that someone else will make you happy and that someone else has the power to influence your life more than you do. 
I have some hard truths for you and you might not like hearing it, but someone's got to say it. And hey, you press play, you let me into your earbuds. So that person's going to be me. Before you focus on changing someone else, you need to ask yourself what needs to be changed within yourself and start there first. Even if they have things to work on. I'm sure they probably do. Just like I was convinced in my marriage. It was true. He wasn't perfect. But neither was I. I'm still not perfect. And nothing is going to change within the person you're trying to fix or control or wish would change if you're constantly nagging them or trying to fix them or holding your breath or being miserable until they change. The only thing that is within your control is you and your own work and your ability to take accountability for yourself. Plus, if you ever try to change someone, it doesn't really work. And here's why. When you try to change someone, one of two things is going to happen. One, they do it to appease you and then they become bitter and resentful of you and they do it just to get you off their back. Or two, they double down on whatever it is that you want to fix with an I don't care what you think attitude, right? Like maybe it's video games and they're like, I don't really care what you think. I'm going to play video games. Or they stop playing video games, but they really like video games. So they're going to resent you for the fact that they know if they do that, you're going to get on their back. And so they feel bitter and resentful that their only two options are to play and have you hate them or nag them or criticize them or let go of this thing that they really like. Both ways create distance between you and create bitterness and resentment within your relationship. So do you really want to push them to a point where they only do something, they only change because they want you to get off their back? Is that really going to make you happy? You might technically, quote unquote, get what you want, which is for them to stop doing the thing or to finally do the thing. But if their motivation isn't in alignment, it's not going to make you happy. Which leads me to my next point. People can change, but what motivates them to change is what's most important. They have to want to do it for themselves. So I'm going to give you an example. Let's say you meet someone and you really like him and things are going well. And then you find out he doesn't want kids. You came from a really big family and wanting kids is something that's really important to you. But By that time, you guys have been dating for a while and you're like, gosh, like I was single for so long before this. I don't want to have to start over. There's so many other things I like about him. So I'm just going to sweep that one under the rug and maybe he'll change his mind. Maybe in five years, we're still young. We just got out of college. Maybe he'll change his mind. Fast forward, you get married. You invest all of this time in a wedding and a relationship. You move across the country. You have a really big life together. Well, guess what? Five years goes by and he still doesn't want kids. You still really want kids. And this plays out so commonly in relationships because your options are really to get a divorce and that can't happen because my parents would judge me and all my friends would judge me. I don't want to be divorced at 24 and start all over and do that whole divorced person thing. And so really you're forced to either accept the fact that he doesn't want kids or more commonly, is you may try to get your way because it's something that's really important to you. And our subconscious is really good at trying to get our needs met in any way possible. Why is it 
that we try to change or control other people. Usually it's because our needs aren't being met in some way. It's not because we hate them. Usually this is someone we care a lot about, but it's because we don't have this foundation of shared core values, or maybe you got into the relationship before you even took time to consider what was important to you, what your core values are, what your non-negotiables are, what your needs are. Many of us are so young that we don't even know what core values are. We don't know what's important to us because we've never taken the time to consider that, let alone have a conversation with someone about it. And so what happens is we get into this relationship and years go by and there's this friction that comes up as a result of conflicting values or having different non-negotiables or having these really core personality traits that aren't very compatible. Our nervous system and our subconscious, the goal is to create safety and attachment. And so it's not going to consider that ending the relationship is even an option because there's so much uncertainty and pain and rejection, all of these things that would come up as a result of that. So it's going to steer clear of that as an option. And it is going to try to seek out alternative ways to get your needs met. So here are some common ways this might play out. You can either decide to accept the fact that he doesn't want kids, and maybe you can go to therapy, do some inner work and see if that's something that you can learn to accept and live with. Or maybe you push him and you keep bringing it up and you keep bringing it up and you keep planting those seeds and every single time he gets a bit more defeated. And then eventually it reaches this point, fine, I'll do it. I'll have kids. It's not something that I want, but maybe this is just part of what marriage is and I want to make you happy. So fine, let's have kids. You finally get your way and then you have this beautiful baby. And then you realize he's not really the dad that you wanted him to be. It's not really turning out. Your family life isn't how you imagined it. The way that he's fathering your children isn't what you pictured in your mind. And so you start to resent him. While meanwhile, he may be resenting the fact that he ended up in this role that he never wanted to begin with. Let's say he's not someone who has experience speaking up for himself, or he has his own past history of maybe having a very controlling parent who just, he learned that what he wants doesn't really matter. So like, why try to speak up for myself? If that's the case, then in his mind, he's not considering divorce as an option either. This is how the foundation can chip away over time is because there are these small things that we don't know how to talk about, or maybe we don't realize is something that is a need or a value. But we do it anyway, we self sacrifice, or we betray ourselves, or we go against what we feel or believe. Because we're trying to maintain that attachment, we're trying to maintain the relationship at all costs. Because again, the thought of Getting a divorce or ending the relationship, starting over, having that pain of rejection, being alone. What if no one else ever chooses me? It's far greater of a fear than the reality of just being like, okay, fine, I'll have kids. And that's just one example. So why is it that you may have ended up in a relationship with someone who has different values than you? When you get into a relationship young, especially like I did, The reason we end up in these relationships that 
aren't necessarily compatible or maybe we don't have that shared core belief system or values or anything like that. Like, how do we end up in relationships like that? It's really simple. We have bought in to the lie that I am only lovable if someone chooses me. Does this resonate with you? I know that I bought into that lie for so many years of my young life. I told myself, it doesn't matter. I can be that for him. Whatever it is that he wants, I can be that. I can betray myself. I can self-sacrifice my needs. What are needs? It doesn't even really matter what I want. All that matters is that he chooses me. And that becomes a priority. That becomes the forefront and the motivations, not because it is this intentional process as it should be, not because we've taken time to journal and really understand what is important to us. Often we are trying to just create an attachment and it's due to a wound that we have from childhood. We want to feel chosen. We want to someone to choose us because we didn't feel chosen as a kid by our parents. Or for, There's a multitude of reasons that could be like a whole other podcast episode. But if we get into a relationship like this and then years go by and you never really address the reason as to why you got into the relationship and you're just trying to make it work. It makes so much sense as to how you end up being someone who is trying to fix or change your partner because you're not someone who would naturally entertain any alternative. It's fix this person, maintain the attachment and avoid being alone at all costs. If you're listening to this episode and you're having an aha moment where you realize you really have no idea what your values are, I know that's where I was. I had never given any thought to it. I created a free workbook for you. It's called the Core Values Workbook. I'll put the link in the show notes. I have like a whole list of what common core values are. I have some journal prompts to help you really like think and reflect to be able to process and get to that point where you understand yourself better and that you understand what is important in your relationship as well. I remember when I realized this about myself and about why I got into my marriage, it rocked my world. (laughs) I talked a lot in the first episode about like the grieving process I had to go through when I woke up and I became aware of the fact that I was focusing on the wrong things while my son was born. And I grieved that because I wasn't aware of it at the time. And so when I woke up to the fact that I was trying to change my husband at the time, and I became aware of why I entered that relationship, which was because I wanted a husband. I wanted someone who would look good on paper and check all the boxes and all of these superficial things I thought a husband should be. But most importantly, I didn't want to be alone. (laughs) And I wanted to feel chosen. When I realized that I was trying to control him and change him as a result of not having done any work to consider what my needs or values even were, I really had to press pause and do some self-reflection. And what I'm about to share with you changed everything for me. When I made the conscious choice to stop trying to control and fix and change him into being what I wanted and needed him to be, it's when everything started to change. 
because I no longer wanted him to change only because I was like getting on to him. I didn't want him to do it just because he was afraid of me and afraid of what I might criticize him for or do because he didn't do it. Like, I only wanted him to change if he wanted to. I knew the only way that I would know for sure whether this relationship would work moving forward now that I had developed that self-awareness was to take a step back, release my vice grip that I had subconsciously on him and our relationship. And I made the choice to focus on my own growth rather than trying to drag him through the mud and do his own work and his own healing and his own blah, 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 all the things that he needed to do to change to be the guy that I wanted him to be. I had to choose to let go of that control. Maybe you can't even visualize what that would look like to you because all you know is if they don't do something, then you feel unhappy. Or if they don't this, then it's like you are so naturally conditioned to act out or nag or criticize or talk to him about it or or plant seeds or kind of like, you know, whisper in his ear. You're only used to doing that if you're not happy or if you're not getting your needs met. So the idea of continuing to exist in a world where you don't get your needs met and also you don't do anything about it is like crazy town. (laughs) It makes sense as to why we wouldn't even consider that as a choice, but it is. And if you really stop to think about it, what would happen if you met your own needs, you didn't rely on them? What would it look like if you got off of his back and said, you know what? I know he doesn't want to have kids. I'm going to make the choice today. I'm going to stop bringing it up. I'm going to stop revisiting the conversation. I'm going to stop guilt tripping him. If he's playing video games in the other room, I'm not going to walk by and give him a dirty look. I'm going to decide if if that's his choice and he chooses to go play video games, I'm not going to try to control him to get him to spend time with me. Let's say they stop playing video games and they're like, fine, I'll come spend time with you. Do you want them to do that just because they want to avoid your dirty licks? Or how empowered would you be with the knowledge of taking a step back and getting to evaluate what they do as a result of their own choices, not of yours? What might they do if they knew they could make their own choices without there being a negative consequence? What would it look like if they realized, wow, I actually have a choice? And from there, you would get to decide if their authentic choices, if their authentic behavior as a result of you not interfering at all. This is after you've made the choice to back off. Because when you stop trying to change or fix or control them, They're going to take this sigh of relief and it might take a little while because they're so used to expecting you saying something or doing something or manipulating them or having something to say about it or disagreeing or not approving. And so when you finally give them the opportunity to make their own choice, you are armed and equipped now with that knowledge. You get to see, okay, is he going to authentically choose to play video games or does he want to spend time with me? Not as a result of my manipulation, not because I'm getting on to him. 
when I take accountability and I choose to heal that urge to control within me, I get to see who my partner really is. I get to see who they are without my own influence. Don't get me wrong, relationships. Of course, we are meant to influence each other. It's not like we live this completely independent life, but I'm specifically talking about relationships where this has been like a pattern or control or trying to change someone has been a common theme. It is going to feel very foreign to both of you. They might not even believe that it's an option for them to have a say. They might not even believe that they're ever going to get their own needs met or wants met if it upsets you or if you don't like it. And so I really want you to close your eyes and consider what would your partner be like? How would they show up? What change would occur in them if you started to change first by letting go of trying to change them? Here's the caveat though. Do not try to change yourself with the intention to get them to change because that's just more manipulation and a roundabout way of trying to control them. Do you see that? Okay, Monica said that if I let go of control, then he might change and I still really want to get him to change. And so because I want to get him to change, I want to make changes within myself in hopes to get them to change. Still a form of control. So we have to do this, (laughs) not because it's just another way of doing what we're used to. And you have to do it because you are making the choice to practice acting and living in an authentic way, rather than out of unconscious fear, rather than unconsciously trying to get our needs met. It's like, once you know better, you do better. And that is what is motivating you to change, not just another way to change them. Circling back to the original question, can people change? The answer is yes, but they have to want it for themselves. Otherwise, they're just changing to appease you, which is not going to create any sort of positive outcome. The more important question is what can you do to change, regardless of what they do or don't do? And here's another big question I want you to ask yourself. Can you accept this person today if they don't change a thing? I don't want you to fall in love with their potential. A lot of us, we stay in these relationships because we're like, we know they can be that though. Like we know that they have it in them. Everyone has it in them. Everyone has the power to heal. That doesn't mean that they are ready or at a stage where they're willing to choose it for themselves and they have to want it for themselves, not for you. Can you accept this person that is right in front of you today? Because once you commit to letting go of trying to change or fix or control someone, there's only two options. You can either accept the way they are and decide, yes, I can live with them. I have done some inner reflection. I've taken inventory and I've decided that I'm willing to stay in this relationship and I accept their shortcomings. I accept their patterns, their traumas, the way that they are choosing to act for themselves, I can accept the choices they are making and commit to this journey, whatever that may look like for the two of us. Or you can choose to accept them the way they are and decide that who they are today isn't right for you. And that's okay too. But here's the thing. 
once you make the choice to heal and you stop trying to change or control someone, not accepting them isn't an option anymore. When we're trying to control and fix and change someone, we're not accepting them where they are. That is why we're trying to change them. Because if we accepted them as they are, we wouldn't be trying to change them. And ultimately, that's what led me to my personal decision to divorce. I'll have to do another episode specifically on this topic because divorce for me wasn't a result of pain. It was actually a big awakening and epiphany and this really big growth and healing moment for me. And a large part of it had to do with the fact that I woke up and realized how much I wasn't accepting him and what an active role I was playing in trying to change him. And I decided because I cared for him, I have got to stop doing this to you. So my decision to divorce was really an act of love. It was, I accept you as you are now. And I respect all of the choices you are making on your own. But I know now what it is that I need in a relationship. And I'm going to stop trying to change you in order to get those needs met. And so I finally took accountability for my own actions and let him have his own journey. Instead of it being a result of all of my ways to manipulate and control the outcome of our relationship. That's just my story. That was such a pivotal part of my healing journey was learning how to let go of that control of somebody else. I have no clue what your situation is, what your relationship is like, what habits you may or may not be acting out of. These are all just questions for you to consider. So the question isn't, can people change? The real question is, can you change? What would your life look like How would the people around you respond if you chose to heal? Hey again, thanks for listening. You made it all the way to the end, which makes you one of my favorite people. If you can think of anyone who would benefit from listening to this episode, it would mean the world if you'd either send it to them directly or share about it on social media. Ratings and reviews are the absolute best way you can support the podcast and keep the content coming. So make sure to subscribe and leave some love while you're at it. You can find me on all of the social platforms at Monica Lee blog and follow the podcast at choosing to heal. Thanks again. And I'll see you next time.